Welcome to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Hello and welcome to STL Soccer Report today. Uh, it's a short and sweet show, so I thought I'd take a second here to let you know what's coming. It's two interviews. One is with Brian Weigel. He is with Cincinnati Soccer Talk, and he fills us in on Cincinnati a little bit. They've had a rough start, and uh, he's looking for them to improve, and he's given us reasons why they may improve and um you know they're dealing with injuries and and he also lets us know kind of what they look like some things to look for on game day and then i also talked to mike sparks michael um he is the bgn guy the beautiful game network guy he started it and just kind of added and added and added lots of podcasts now and i hear more on the way so we talk about that and he's also the host of mongols podcast and so that is uh, the pittsburgh riverhounds so we talk about the game um we talk about everything that happened in the game on wednesday night so stick with us this is the last i'm going to talk so right after this you're going to hear the interview with brian and following that it'll be the interview with michael sparks thanks All right, I'm joined now by Brian Weigel from the Cincinnati Soccer, um, sorry, Cincinnati Soccer Talk. I almost said Cincinnati Soccer Report. I'm trying to mix our podcast, which might be fun, actually. But but no, that's not what we're going to do. Brian's here to kind of fill me in on on what Cincinnati's going to look like and, and even what they've looked like so far this season. Brian, thanks for joining me, man. How are you doing? Doing well. Uh Wish things could be better on the uh, on the game front. Uh, only three points so far through three matches for FC Cincinnati, but uh, hopefully things are going to head in the right direction. Uh, we'll see if that's with uh, St. Louis or maybe Tampa or Louisville. We got a we got a murderer's row coming up. Yeah, that sounds like a pretty ugly setup. Only because things have been looking pretty good for us, and obviously Tampa. Maybe the scariest team in the East right now. Um, can you just kind of bring us up to date about how it's gone so far? Um, obviously, not good with the three points, not what you would expect for uh, Cincinnati of, of past of late. So, um, yeah, tell us how what's what's been happening this season so far. Well, it's really been a tough um, three games to get an accurate assessment of FC Cincinnati. The first match down in Charleston season opener. Uh Actually, FC Cincinnati played very well, dominated possession, had a decent amount of chances, just had two boneheaded plays, one by our center back, one by our goalkeeper, and it cost us a 2-1 victory in what I, what, a game that I really thought that we probably could have at least walked out with one, um, maybe three points. Uh, second match of the year versus uh, Pittsburgh, we were without uh, our center attacking midfielder and Daryl Fordyce, so we had to move some pieces around. And uh, through the first 40 minutes, looked pretty decent, put some put some opportunities out there. Uh, of course, Pittsburgh uh, is what you saw as attacking team likes to get up the field and, and gave us some space to run in behind. Well, uh, they lost their center back to their second yellow 40 minutes in. And after that, they basically bunkered and tried to get one point out of us. And it took a while for FC Cincinnati to really break them down. And I think that match got a lot of questions into FC Cincinnati supporters heads of do we have the right pieces in place? Do we have the right system? Of course, it's different after the coaching change from from hmm. Coach John Harks to Coach Alan Koch, but uh, uh, they were able to, to see the three points out and uh, get the get the win there. And um, this weekend in Bethlehem Steel, it was uh, a travesty um, 
We lost our new starting left back who looked great in 10 minutes, lost him to an injury. He won't be in the game this weekend. And then around uh, 30 minutes, we lost our center back uh, to a straight red. So we were playing from behind versus one of the most athletic teams in the league. And they uh, saw uh, a way to uh, tear through us and and put two up. And we really couldn't have an opportunity to to get back there. So uh, not too much that you can take out of those last two matches in terms of how we might play in a a straight up 11 v 11 match. But uh, from what I can see, uh, I think there are a lot of pieces, a lot of town on this club that we will be a force to reckon with once we get used to the system. It's a little bit different from last year, a little bit more attacking, uh, getting the ball more directly up to the forwards and the midfielders versus trying to break down teams on the ground with our feet. Uh, so I think it's a little bit, uh, it's going to take a little time to get used to, especially with the um, coaching change halfway through preseason. Yeah, well, in, in every one of those games you mentioned, almost every one of them, something strange happened in, in the game. And so, you know, yeah, it's really disappointing to be a man up and have a team bunker and still not come out ahead. I've seen that happen a lot, though, in soccer. And and so um, is that something like are you starting to buy into that 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 kind of scary feeling, the feeling that maybe this is going to be bad and that maybe we made the wrong choices here? Or or do you think it's just kind of crazy happenstance and, and that those things are going to go away and the real team's going to show up? I, I've been the one person um, that's been outspoken preaching patience for FC Cincinnati. I really uh, think that there's some... Uh, there, there's so much talent, and we just got to figure it out. We're playing a lot of players in different positions. Aiden Quinn, who used to be attacking midfielders, now moved into a defensive role. Uh, he was a, a quality player, even the captain at our rival Louisville. And it's t- taken some time to get used to. And uh, I think teams have been able to kind of take advantage of him a little bit, uh, exploiting the space between him and the center backs. And that's allowed uh, – that's put our center backs in some – difficult chances leading to uh, fouls. And I think it, we've had two penalties this year that we've given up. So it's been uh, a little difficult, but I, I, I just think there's too much talent on this roster for a, you know, a complete blow up. Uh, you know, I, I kind of tend to agree with you there uh, because we've seen all those players that have come from Louisville and, and from other places as well. Can you kind of fill us in on some of the key players too, uh, the guys that we should be watching and um, and maybe also fit in here? How many ex-Louisville players do you actually have? Because I think the number's been uh, getting more extravagant the more I hear people <laughs> talk about it. So tell me, fill me in on those things. Well, it is two former Louisville players. You have Kadeem Dakers out on the right wing, who is actually was slotted to be more of the uh, the first guy off the bench, but due to the um, injury to Daryl Fordyce, who hopefully will be back this week, um, uh, Dakers had to start out on the right wing, and he didn't play very well this weekend. But he didn't really have the chance to work well with his right back Matt Boehner overlapping due to the the foul. And then you have Aiden Quinn, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, who's done some good things, uh, hasn't played great yet, but I think will will be a, a wonderful defensive midfielder once he just gets comfortable in that system. Uh, I think the number one person you have to look out for is GB. Uh, his, his full name is GB Fall, but uh, it goes by GB on the back of his jersey. Uh, he's our uh, Senegalese striker who played um, all over Europe. He's been a Golden Boot winner in three leagues, uh, MVP in, I think, the Danish league. 
Um, and uh, he's just a quality player. He's even including the the scrimmages. I think he's gone every match. Um, he's at least or has scored in all, but I think two matches. I think it's ten games if you can in- include all the the scrimmages and such. So uh, he's the number one guy you have to look out for. And then after that, it's a mixed bag. Honestly, I think you have mm-hmm. Andrew Wiedemann, who would normally start on that right, but. He's been playing in the middle of the of the park lately. I think he's one of our most creative players, and uh, he has uh, was um, I think second in, in the USL in assists, and I want to say third or fourth in chances created. So uh, you're gonna have to definitely look out for him. Other than that, uh, it's gonna be a mixed bag. Harrison Delbridge and Austin Berry, if they're both healthy, uh, they're a, they're a brick wall on that back on that back four. It's just keeping them healthy. Yeah, that's really good stuff. All guys, uh, good guys to listen to or to look for rather. And uh, you even kind of already talked about the way that you attack and the way that you'd like to see the team attack in the future as they develop. I kind of want to just skip to the really juicy stuff. The the stuff that I've been tuning into your show to kind of hear on a, on a weekly basis is, you know, in St. Louis, we got to see Alan Koch with Vancouver 2, uh, Whitecaps 2 last year. And uh, they were one of the scarier teams we, we were expecting to see. And when we did okay when, when they came to us. Um, but, you know, we, we got to see a really awesome, fun team to watch in Whitecaps 2 last year. And so can you talk about the coaching change? And, um, you know, mixed with the new players, you know, maybe some of the reasons that you're arguing people need to have patience with Cincinnati. Uh, tell me about the new coach and, and maybe patience. Well, we had quite a few players join FC Cincinnati towards the middle of, pre- of preseason, including Jibby Fall. You had uh, Aloni Victor Manseray out of Seattle, who I think will be an important player. And several of these guys, uh, including what I said, Daryl Fordes earlier, were brought in um, by Coach Koch, not Coach Harks. And mm. I think they're they're kind of getting up to speed still. Um, last year, we were a team who had play out of the def- defensive midfielders. Uh, I wouldn't say we were the fastest team. Um, we didn't really have the speed, so we played a little, little slower. Um, a lot of quick touches, quick passes, and we tried to break down teams this way. Whereas in 2017, under Coach Koch, uh, we're trying to play faster up the wing. We're trying to use Dakers' speed, Jimmy McLaughlin's speed on the left, and get some balls into Jibby. Um, but unfortunately, there just hasn't been that second um attacker to come into that uh, to help GB or relieve some pressure off GB yet. But, um, you know, I think coach Koch is kind of cerebral, kind of like Precky. Every, every interview he gives, whether it's on TV, on our show, on the radio, he just preaches patience, uh, explains to you what he's trying to accomplish and uh, makes you, makes you feel pretty good about what, what is going on. I think he might be a little bit less of a motivator that coach Harks was, but uh, I, you know, from even talking with Andrew Wiedemann last night in our show, I think there's a lot of respect in that locker room for Coach Koch, and I think he will lead us to uh, to some good things. I mean, you saw last year at Vancouver, they started a little slow as well, and uh, you know, at the end of the season, they played in the Western Conference Finals. So it's about peaking at the right time. Yeah, indeed it is. So you know, I've asked this question of other Cincinnati guys, and so I'm, I thought I'd ask you this, and I'm sorry I didn't give this to you ahead of time because. Um, I'm just kind of, it's, it could be a hard question if you, if you haven't heard it, but you know, uh, I was really curious what, which of these two do you think has given Cincinnati the most trouble this year? It, would you say it would be the loss of a Coley 
or do you think it would be the coaching change that really gave the team the most trouble this year? Personally, I think GB is going to be better than Acoli. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could put some money out on that, I, I put a, a joking Twitter poll up today. If who's going to score more goals, Drogba or Jibby? And surprisingly, uh, it's it's Jibby, even from from people from other markets. So, but I I I, I think it was how the timing and when the coaching change went down, not the fact that the coaching change did go down. I think it was imminent that Coach Harks would leave at some point. Uh, with FC Cincinnati, I don't know if he would have stuck around this year. We would have succeeded. He would have been, probably been been gone in the off season because I don't think we'll be into MLS in the next uh, you know 18 months or so. But uh, I just think that um, that changed then and there, and then having to execute a formation change and introducing a lot of players. You had several players that went from starters to bench rules, and I think that's going to happen in any coaching change. And uh, I think there just has to be a little bit of, a, of an adjustment period. It's been um, less than two months still that this happened. And, um, you know, Coach uh, Andrew Wiedemann said it last night. I think they said they had three or four weeks before the season started to completely change what they were doing. Yeah. You know what, Brian? I think that's all extremely well said. And I think that's something we should just go out on that. Um, you guys, how long? I just wanted to ask, how long has your show been around up there in Cincinnati? We just hit our 60th show uh, yesterday, so we've been a little bit longer than a year. I think it was uh, in March Jeez. that we've been around, but we also do uh, coverage uh, on our website. We at least try to do one or two stories a, a day. We have a team of uh, eight of us writers, and then we have uh, another crew of photographers and guys that help with video. So it's uh, something pretty cool. We kind of frame ourselves as a little bit of a, a hometown SB Nation site, but uh, it's it's a great time, and we, we just do it because we love it. Well, you guys, I mean, I'm, I thought you'd been around longer than that because you're doing everything so well. Your, your show is very professional and uh, you guys get a lot of attention online. And I think that's all well deserved. Uh, really enjoy your show. Um, you also have a great team and a good front office to cover. So um, I really appreciate you coming on here. Look forward to hearing your show. Uh, definitely tell everybody now, if you don't mind, um, tell everybody where we can find you and your show online. You can find us at Cincy Soccer Talk on Twitter and Cincinnati Soccer Talk on Facebook. And you always can follow me uh, at Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, Weigel, W-E-I-G-E-L on Twitter. I uh, tried to do as much as I can through my personal, but you always see me post almost everything through our Cincy Soccer Talk Twitter. All right, man. Thanks for joining me. We'll have to talk again next time we play. Sound good? Sounds wonderful. Great. Have a good one, man. Too. I'm joined here. Welcome back to the show. I'm joined here by Mike Sparks from the leader of BGN. He's also the host at uh, Mongols podcast. I was just on their show uh, last night or no, two nights ago before the game. uh, We played against their team, the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Mike, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. You're you're busy. You were on our show, then you went over and did Cincy, and now we're doing this show. You're getting around. Tell you what, I feel kind of like a star. 
It's been nice. Or a start. No, no, no. I'm, it's uh, been a lot of fun. It's been really busy, though, because I spent the weekend out of town. So I'm actually, after this is over, all I got to do is mix these together, put out a show tomorrow, and I'm actually going to try and enjoy this weekend and watch some good <laughs> soccer and wait till next weekend to do any more. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, you guys have a game Saturday, too? We do. Yes, we're heading to uh, Charlotte to Wonderful. Uh, take on the independence. Yeah. Oh, that'll be a good game, too. Cool. All right, we'll have to check that out as well. Um, okay, well, let's talk about our game. That's why I wanted to have you on here. Um, you know, I came into this game thinking it was going to be a worrisome game if you guys came out hot and heavy, and that's exactly what you did. Uh, can you tell me about the beginning of the game? Yeah, I mean, actually, so uh, we were we were talking off air about kids. So I have kids, and they were at swim lessons, and they got out of the pool at 7, so like at <laughs> kickoff. And I'm like, all right, guys, we got to get changed. We got to get towels. Let's go. We got to get out of here. <laughs> and by the time I got from the pool to the car, I pulled up the game on YouTube, and the hounds were already up one nothing. I was like, what happened? Yes. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you talked about starting quick, and uh, the hounds definitely started quick, but then it seemed like they got a flat tire, and things just fizzled out. Um, yeah, I, (laughs) yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about the goal, I guess, you know, really it was a gift goal. Um, you know, I think everybody's going to talk about how Banjo sort of was calm and composed, but I think any forward in that position, you know, Gork sort of just gave him a gift. Um, any forward in that position, if you miss that, I mean, it's, I don't say it's over, but people are gonna be calling for you to get pulled. So. I'm glad he got the goal, um, but at the same time, um, I really, really hope he would have gotten that goal. Um, <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. the opposite would have happened. Is it, exactly. How about, have you ever seen this sort of thing happen where you guys come out so strong and so dominant and then just kind of fizzle out after that a little bit? Is there any reason behind it that you can think of? I mean, other than having like 11 weeks of preseason, um, I'm wondering if the guys aren't burned out just a little bit. We're, we're seeing a number of injuries pile up just like you guys are, mm. um, which I think some of that has to do with all the preseason work. But really, this is a new style of play. Coach Brandt came in midseason last year and uh, he was trying to implement this style of play, but it wasn't his players. He didn't have a full off season to implement it. And so we've seen in the past few games um, stretches of, you know, 20 minutes or, or even a full half of where they play this really high press and they really come out. And when they do, like I said, they look like world beaters. But the problem is, is that I think, I mean, whether it was burnout from the last game, just trying to do it too much um, uh, or, you know, just players picking up injuries or whatever it may be, it, it, you know, it looked good for literally 20 minutes and then once they sort of pulled back a little bit then that's when we saw you guys really just sort of take control and that was pretty much it yeah well you know it wasn't all of that because you know I actually sure we got two goals um, but you guys had your chances and I would say Mm -hmm. also hearing you talk about the uh, that it's a new system. Um, I've definitely seen that it is working this year. I guess he's getting the right personnel in there and mm-hmm. things are getting better. Um, I guess maybe sustaining it could be the thing to look for in the near future. But but some of the things that were looking good for you, I mean, that, that left post, um, that bounce off the left post, I thought was <laughs> a goal for sure at that point. And then um, you know, let's talk about that first and we'll talk about the mm-hmm. next thing. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, really, that was just... Kay Banjo, um, really, this was Kay Banjo's first start. We we had heard some rumblings in the preseason of him, you know, really working well with Herzog up top. 
um, as sort of this point man. And so this was really our first real chance to see him get some minutes and uh, and see what he's made of. And uh, I mean, the guy looks calm and, and cool on the ball. And in that case, literally, he picked it up. I think it was just outside the 18, took a little touch around two guys and didn't really hit it hard, just tried to place it. I mean, yeah. if looking at him, the one word that, that comes to mind is just calm. Like he gets the ball, he doesn't rush things. And, and that shot just felt calm. There was no um, rush to it. And yeah, you, you actually messaged me as soon as it hit and you went, man, I, I think that might come back to bite you guys. And sure enough, uh, it did. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was a good effort, but you know, half an inch, one way it goes in half an inch, another way he misses it completely. So, yeah, that's exactly what you replied. And I thought that was really good. What's that from? I think you said it was a movie. <laughs> it thing, was from, right? it was from Mighty Ducks. Yeah. There I'm, I'm not that, uh, you know, prophetic that uh you know i came up with that myself yeah <laughs> i liked it back to my childhood well it's such a great movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and also you know let's just talk about the goals that we got because they did kind of come mm-hmm. relatively close to each other i think if i remember correctly yeah. um and they both came from crosses on the ground from our our sharpie i think is our left he was our right back at that point and um I didn't think they were going to get through, to be honest with you. Um, but those are the kind of crosses that, that Precky calls for. So I think I'm going to see a lot more of them. And maybe we're going to see in USL that it, it, it actually maybe gets through more than we think. Um, any any thoughts when you saw those goals go in? Yeah, I mean, I'm someone who I don't want to say that I don't pay attention to the other team because I do. But I tend to be more overly critical of my own team. Um, which is sometimes fair and sometimes not. I thought that, you know, Angulo's goal was well taken. He took the ball. He sort of turned on it. It was a one-timer, I think, with his left foot. But at the same time, um, you know, I thought that was definitely a savable goal. I thought it it was interesting to me. And, and, you know, again, we were exchanging ideas on Twitter before the game started. Um, I was interested that the Hounds decided to start Broom um, instead of Trey Mitchell. Trey Mitchell just came off a a big win against um, Charleston. And so we put in Broom and I thought that, you know, that was a save that Broom should have had. Um, There were a few mistakes that he made. There was another cross earlier on that uh, the ball came into the box. Broom went up to play with it or basically try to punch it out and completely misjudged it. And Valeski was able to get a flick on it. And I thought that was another mental error. And then the second goal for you guys where, you know, the ball was it was a great cross on the ground hard. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that really just gives defenses fits. Um, but again, I thought that that was a case where if you watch the replay, Broom was coming out trying to play Valeski, not the ball. Mm-hmm. So he sort of laid down sideways and his entire upper body was on Valeski and his legs were flailing out where the ball ended up going for the goal. And I thought if he if he made more of a challenge for that ball, then I didn't think that, you know, it, it would have gone in. Um, it's interesting because, you know, looking back on the game, I almost feel like it could have been the same scoreline or at least a similar scoreline. But if everybody was on their game, the goals would have come differently. Like almost like, you know, even if it, if you say, OK, you know, Gork doesn't give up that ball to K Banjo. So we negate that from the hounds. But then you say, OK, well, if Banjo had just placed that ball right, then there's our goal instead. Um, and then I thought, again, that cross that came in that's just skimmed off Aleski's head. Had he got more contact on that, that would have been a goal for you guys there. Um, it was, it was, it was a weird game. I, I, yeah, I completely I really agree, but actually I would take that as, you know, I think that those are qualities and traits of teams that try to play the game. Right. And we kind of mentioned that Pittsburgh's trying to do that. And I definitely think, uh, Precky's trying to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you're 
if you're going to create chances for yourself like that over and over and over, uh, that's how you win. And, and I feel like Red Bulls were like that with us when they started breaking us down. They looked terrible in the first half, but then they just started creating chance after chance and after chance. And eventually those start going in and uh, things like conversion rate becomes kind of an important stat um, at the end of the day because the team that can convert the most chances out of all the chances they've created can can really, you know, can really win a lot of games in a row. And so I, I guess I see that not necessarily all bad because, you know, both of our teams uh, were playing good soccer and both our teams created some chances that, you know, any one of those really could have gone in for either team. This this scoreline could have been anything. It could have been yeah. as high as four to one even, you know. Yeah. So I kind of agree with you on that. Um, and I think it's a good yeah. thing if I can put yeah. a positive spin on it. No, and, and I know a lot of people, you know, especially after last season with the Hounds where it was just it was dismal, man. It was it was really difficult doing a podcast every week uh, just because they were losing or drawing and it, it wasn't fun to watch. And so I think a lot of people after a game like this, especially after, you know, going to Charleston and getting three points, um, which we were so impressed by coming back, we're thinking, OK, we're at home. You know, you guys are traveling to us. Um, you know, there may be some tired legs. Perhaps we can take advantage of it. And I think that after a loss like this, people are ready to get the pitchforks out again. And, and mm. I, I take a bit of an opposite approach to that just because we see the play on the field. I think that those first 20 minutes are indicative of how the Hounds want to play. But then there are still things that they need to tighten up. Um, you know, I, I thought in the second half. Uh, Kevin Kerr just wasn't in the game. Like we sort of had him out wide more. Um, he wasn't able to get involved. Herzog, I think, picked up a knock. And so he sort of stopped chasing the game. And then once we started putting our subs in, we just don't have the depth um, to really compete with some other teams. Once you start subbing in players, we don't have a lot of impact players that we can bring in off the bench. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, normally Banjo's one of those guys that's an impact right. guy late in the game, and, and he got the start, so that's interesting. And I just talked to Brian Weigel last night from Cincinnati Soccer Talk. I think I said his mm -hmm. last name right. Um, and he's in the same situation, and I think a lot of us guys who watch the game and, and somewhat try to analyze it and, and see, we, we look for that long-term goal, that long-term right. win, you know, and he was the same, the same thing. Cincinnati fans are freaking out right now and, yeah. and he's constantly trying to convince them that everything's going to be okay um that said that was me last year and the year before that and uh i ended up being very wrong so <laughs> we'll see where that goes <laughs> um okay well let's talk about the penalty um the, the non-penalty is actually non what i meant yeah. to say um i wanted to hear your thoughts immediately on that i almost picked up the phone and called because <laughs> <laughs> i was trying not to be biased about it in slow motion it looks like a dive but in real time it looks pretty legit yeah i mean i'm torn because you know if you especially watched as the game wore on you could tell that we were getting tired and there were a couple times when guys were going down in the box soft and as a fan i, I know some people you know if it gets you the call people are like yeah but even you know i sit here i'm like i hate to see that like i i you know even like the light push the the flagrant just flop like i don't want to see that you know in this case I do think that I, I would have to go back and watch it again. Whether or not Herzog got clean around the defender, I couldn't tell from the angle on the screen. It did look like that was where he either got stepped on or wherever it was that he then was sort of limping the rest of the game before he was brought out. So I do think there was contact there, but whether or not 
it was the case where he was able to actually get the ball around and it was obstructed getting to it. I'm on the fence. Like if they would have called it, I would have said, okay, they didn't call it. There are other calls that I've seen that I've been like, that was totally missed. Mm -hmm. And in this case, I think it was close enough that I'm willing to give the ref, you know, the benefit of the doubt. Would I have liked to have seen the PK and have a two, two draw? Sure. But at the (laughs) same time, you know, I'm I'm not going to go out and, uh, you know, again, get out the, uh, the pitchforks and go after the ref on that one. I, I mean, what are your thoughts on the replay? Well, no, I think on the replay, I started to be like, well, maybe not. And then I really did. I saw him limping for a long time after that. And I said, either he's really trying to lay it on thick or I think he's actually kind of hurt. There must have been contact. So, I mean, if it, I think I'm I'm totally exactly with you where if, if they had called it, you know, after seeing him limp, I would have been like, OK, it was deserved. Uh, but I just I just like that USL does let that go a little more so than than maybe other leagues and, and definitely other leagues in other countries. I just I think it's kind of the American way to let a little bit go in that way, even though we've been leaning a little bit the other direction every single year, it seems like. But I'd like to I'd rather see that go. And I hope that I'm not biased and I hope I would feel that way, even if it was Valeski going down in the box in that situation. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I, you don't, as a ref, you don't want to be the reason for an outcome of a game. And I think in that case, that was probably what was going through the ref's mind is this is close enough that if I call it, you know, this might be giving the hounds a chance when really, let's face it, aside from those first 20 minutes, I felt that St. Louis was the team that deserved the points in that game. We, we just didn't play well enough. So, um, so, yeah, it's it's a tough call. It's a tough call. I'm, I'm not one, you know, like I said, that's going to come out. Like, that was a battery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's early. So we've only, this is only kind of the first one to look back on and think we could have, right. you know, the refs took one from us. We're going to get a few more this year for without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how we feel at the end of the, the season. Um, OK. Uh, how did you feel about the game overall? Any last thoughts that we want to talk about the game? Overall, you know, like I said, I I tend to be more critical of my own team. So I try to, to put on the rose colored glasses and say, you know, those first 20 minutes were great. I think I'd love to see the hounds mix it up a bit in that they need to figure out the relationship. If Banjo is going to start, they need to figure out the relationship with Herzog, Banjo and Kerr. I, I would almost considering how much we like to press part of me would kind of like to see us experiment with something like a three, four, three and just let those guys press mm. and and play that style more rather than having to settle back and cover more distance because we're leaving our defenders out to dry anyway. I mean, the way that we're pressing that high, if you guys are able to get a break, you know, I think Kevin said it when you were on our show that it's basically like, you know, we got two guys back there just hoping. Um, but overall, you know, it's disappointing because, you know, you want to see points at home. Um, so I was disappointed from that regard. But at the same time, you guys deserve the win. I mean, this was when we went to, to um, Charleston, uh, we basically got down to the last minutes. It was tied one to one. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, the Hounds are playing well. They want the points. I think they're going to get the points. And they were able to get a stoppage time goal in this game. Five, ten minutes left in regular time. I'm thinking, like, there's no way they're going to get these points. Like, there's, it's just not going to happen. St. Louis was all over them. They were doing the job. They were knocking the ball out. And you guys came in and took care of business. So as a fan, I'm disappointed the team lost. But at the same time, I can't fault you guys. You guys came in and did what you needed to do. And, and it was clean. And, yeah, I mean, I mean, kudos to you guys. I, I don't know. From your perspective, were you happy with St. Louis's performance? 
Yeah, well, I would say definitely yes, because I think they just kind of checked all the boxes. Even even a team at home is going to come out and hurt you at some point. So, you know, maybe Gorick gets a, little, a few points against him for making a silly mistake. But um, I was just happy to see us shut a game down. You know, we needed yeah. to shut it down. We needed to save energy and we needed to bunker. And we have, you know, backup center backs. Um, we did end up putting our pretty much our starting fullbacks in. But it was just nice to see us shut down a game because that's a skill you need. And I haven't seen it yet. They haven't needed to use it yet. Um, but in a way game up two to one, you know, shutting it down for the last 20, 30 minutes, that was really nice to see. So that was my favorite takeaway of this game. But, um, yeah, I really, man, Mike, you should talk more about that three, four, three, because I think it's a really good idea. I'm not sure anyone would try it in USL. I don't know if anyone has tried it in the USL, but, um, I feel like it would help you if you threw another center back back there it would be more defense in my opinion to compare yeah. to the two that you have back there. I kind of like what you were saying. I, I think you, I would like to hear you guys talk about that longer. Yeah, no, it, it, there's a lot of intricacies about it that I think we would have to work out. Cause right now we rely a lot on our wing backs streaking up the field. My concern with that is that we end up sending a lot of crosses into the box that don't really do any good. I'd much rather see us keep the ball on the ground through the middle. And I think if we move to something like a three, four, three, then you can have, you know, a few center backs that sort of stay at home and you have more guys in the middle that are sort of connecting those passes and, and linking play up. And then you can get Kerr more involved in the offense as well. Whereas I think sometimes like last night, he was really involved in the first half. And then in the second half, he was just out on an island and, and we couldn't get him the ball. So yeah, who knows? Who knows what will happen? Yeah. Well, um, next time you ask for listener questions, I'm just going to put three, four, three period. In the send. <laughs> so that's going to keep happening till you talk about it. Just so you know. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, we were talking about kids earlier before and uh, you were nice enough to get on a little early because my kids are sleeping. I'm getting a little nervous. They're going to wake up any minute now <laughs> and you may hear it on the podcast if it does happen. But um, I want to before we go, um, I want to talk about BGN because, um, you know, you have a really good thing going with Mongols and um, you started this network. Can you just tell me, like, what made you actually pull the trigger and try this? It's it's a great idea. There are other ones out there, uh, but why, why BGN? So, um, yeah, BGN, it started because we started the Mongol show. Really, it was last year. And, uh, and it was uh, myself, uh, my brother Kevin, um, and uh, our friend Josh. And really, it started because Kevin, Kevin lives in Tennessee. I'm in Pittsburgh. And we would go stretches of like a month or two months without talking to each other. Not because we don't like each other, just because of like life. life. You know, you mentioned I have three kids. He has a job. I have a job. So we were like, we should do something where we are forced to talk to each other every week. And so we said, well, you know, the hounds play. Let's and we both, you know, watch the hounds. Let's just do a show about the hounds. And if nobody listens, that's fine, because at least we'll just end up talking to each other. And that'll be great. And uh, and it turned out that, you know, it sort of took off. And uh, we were able to bring Josh in as well. And, and we just had a ton of fun doing it. And we got to pretty much the end of the season. And uh, there's another guy in Pittsburgh uh, who writes for the Pittsburgh Soccer Report. He created the Pittsburgh Soccer Report, John Krasinski. And he said, hey, you know, there's a lot of interest around uh, the high school um, situation here in Pittsburgh with teams. He's like, what do you think about doing, you know, once every two weeks a show about high school teams? And I said, OK, yeah, no, that sounds good. And we were like, well, we'll just make it part of Mongols. And then 
after the, the Riverhound season was over, like, oh, you know, maybe we'll keep going. Maybe we'll talk about the Premier League. And all of a sudden we had really three shows that were all under the Mongols heading. And we we're like, well, you know, if there's people that just like the Hounds, we're, we don't want them to, you know, go into iTunes and think, oh, there's another show. And then it turns out to be about the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really where we said, OK, well, let's break these up into different shows. And how can we do this in a way that makes sense? And, you know, we don't have to maintain three different websites and all these different things. And so really that's where BGN started. And um, and it's just sort of grown and, and spiraled from there. Evan Valella, who uh, who does the USL Eastern Conference Confidential Show, he had reached out to me last season. He was on the Mongol show with us last season when we talked about Bethlehem. And uh, and he was like, hey, you know, we're, we're thinking about doing a show for Bethlehem. You know, if you have any pointers or anything, let me know. And I said, well, you know, we got this site. Um, you know, we already got everything set up. If you want to do it, we'd be happy to help you do it. And that's when he came back and was like, hey, how about if we do a USL show? And really, it just like I said, it just kept snowballing from there um, in terms of. The goal went from, hey, we just need somewhere to store our own shows to, hey, there's a lot of people out there that are really trying to do this and do this well. And we have some experience. You know, we've figured a bunch of things out and, you know, let's let's get everybody together. Let's help everybody out. Let's let's make this work in a way that, you know, now. I'm on your show. You're on my show. We're, we're sharing ideas. You know, um, we talked to some of the guys down in Tampa on the new sub thing. You know, they they do some really cool stuff. And it's, hey, how did you do that? And they're able to say, oh, you know, we did this thing here and this thing there. And we're sharing ideas about, you know, getting contacts with people and um, you just making better uh, audio or making sure the audio quality is better, um, getting interviews, all that sort of stuff. And it's it's snowballed in such a way that now everybody's show is really becoming better. Um, and we're all sort of growing together and we're helping each other out and spreading the word. So, you know, now people who had no idea that there was a Pittsburgh podcast now knows, you know, in St. Louis knows that there's a Pittsburgh podcast and same thing with all these other teams. So it's, it, what started off as like a really grassroots thing is, is quickly just grown. We're, we're actually in the process of adding yet another show uh, this week. So we'll be up to, I think, nine on the network, which is it, it blows my mind considering that <laughs> it didn't exist up until really last fall. Yeah, it, so. it's amazing. And and I feel like as soon as you just you came, you called me or emailed me rather and you offered it up and you were like, I saw that you were willing to host it for me. And I thought, well, that's, you know, 20 more dollars in my pocket for not having to go pro with SoundCloud. And I said, I have nothing to lose. But, you know, the more we added people, I was hoping it would help me get interviews and, and all those other things, too. But really, the more people you add, it's just we're all kind of the same kind of guys. And I think mm-hmm. we're all just so happy to talk about soccer more, yeah. you know? And so that, that forum that we talk on all the time is, is always full of good banter and, and friendly jokes. And, you know, it's, it's really awesome to have such a, a great group of guys together, all striving for really striving for the same thing, which is, you know, d- good division two talk in, in soccer and in, in the United States. And so I'm among all the other ones you mentioned, um, so I just wanted to say thanks for the invite. And it's been maybe 10 times better than I even expected, <laughs> you know, to go in expecting $20 in your pocket and then get what I got. Um, it's just been amazing. And like you said, the network has been a huge help. The networking from BGN, the network itself has been really a help too. Uh, so yeah, thanks, Mike. I think this is a really good thing you got going. Um, do you have any? Can you like break any news here on my podcast? Give me a little bump. Like, what conference are we getting? What league are we getting? Ah, oh, jeez. Um, you say USL, <laughs> I might come after you, but. <laughs> um. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't want to say anything until it's finalized. Okay. But, that's um, a good call. 
No, but I mean, yeah, we're 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 in talks with a number of different shows at this point. Um, the one that's really pulling the trigger, I don't want to say who it is until we finalize everything. It'll be a few days, but people can check it out. Um, but no, I'm I'm excited. Like I like I said, it's it's allowed us to find other pe- other people, other shows that we would have no idea that they existed. Your show, for example, I would have had no idea. I wouldn't have searched for a St. Louis show because I'm like, ah, I'm in Pittsburgh, whatever. I listen to your show every single week. And now I know so much about Precky and the team. And so even going into last night, it made the game so much more entertaining because I felt like I knew you guys. Um, and so I think that's one of the other uh, added benefits of it. And so, Completely. yeah, man, it's. It's it's a great network because of people like you and shows like you that are going out there putting out great content. So uh, thank you for for doing what you're doing. <laughs> no, I was saying the same thing earlier about how it was weird to watch the game. And usually I'm just like, destroy the other team, destroy the other team. But I found myself <laughs> invested because I knew so much about Pittsburgh and, and we talk. We're, I mean, we're friends. We're all friends now. And, and yeah. you know, I, I found myself wishing the best for Pittsburgh, even though they were playing my team. So I felt kind of bad in the end that it, that it did turn out the way it was, but still very, very happy. So, (laughs) um, cool, man. I, we could go on all night, but I better cut it off right there. Thanks to you. And thanks to both our kids for working together to make this happen tonight. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, we'll talk again, uh, a lot, but you know, we'll, we'll have you back on the show when we, when we do the Pittsburgh St. Louis thing again. Sounds good, man. Uh, good luck this week. Yeah. Thanks. You too, man. Take it easy. Thanks. Bye. for listening to the STL Soccer Report, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, BGN.FM, and STLSoccerReport.com. If you have any questions you'd like read on air, please send them to STLSoccerReport at gmail.com.